Do you feel there is so much wrong with today's society? Brexit, social media, climate change. Can we admit that things have really gone downhill in recent years? How can we achieve a happy, positive lifestyle with the many things that are impacting on us? My name's Kieran Lee, and in this podcast, I'll be exploring the everyday struggles we face today, as well as getting some interesting insights from members of the public that will answer the big question, has progression led to depression? As a millennial myself, I feel there are a lot of things we worry about that the older generations didn't have growing up. One of which is social media, which alone spirals off into many different categories. I'm just as guilty when it comes to engaging with social media, and it's clear to see that the smartphone has become a necessity of people's lives, to the point of dependence and for the convenience of having everything we think we need all in one place. Needless to say, if used for its sole and intended purpose, it can be seen as an innovative means of online communication. We can reach someone from the other side of the world in a matter of seconds. Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, all these platforms allow people to share their interests instantly with whoever they please. By giving people the power to share, we're making the world more transparent. As said by the co-founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, I feel this is a great thing to have accomplished over time and gives everyone the chance to express themselves perhaps more freely than in the past. On the other hand, if certain content is shared with the wrong people, then this can lead to all sorts of new problems. In general, social media does present an idyllic way of life, I suppose. When you see people around you sort of expressing themselves in a certain way and it's kind of it's kind of drilled into you that there's certain body types, there's certain ways you should act, there's certain things you should post. You kind of feel obliged to keep up with the times and, and be part of the like the zeitgeist, if you will. So I think there's a lot of pressure in that sense. I think people look at social media and are always trying to better themselves and looking at what other people are achieving. I think a lot of it is for show and you can never tell how truly happy someone is because you never know what's happening behind closed doors. Years ago, whether it's because of social media or not, but things were so much friendlier. People spoke to each other a lot more and that's probably something which is not happening anymore because of social media. People do it through social media. And unfortunately, people think they can say things on social media because they're not talking face to face to somebody. And what you've got to think, if you're putting something on social media, would you say that to somebody's face? If not, should you be putting it on social media? As great as it is getting likes and general praise for your latest postal picture, this can all provoke narcissistic thinking. There is now a strong link to teenage and young suicidal rates with social media. The rate of deaths among under 25s increased by 23.7%, reaching 730 deaths last year. Social media was partially blamed for the suicide of 14-year-old Molly Russell in January this year. In an open letter to Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, YouTube, Pinterest and Snapchat, Anne Longfield, the Children's Commissioner for England, said that Molly's suicide has highlighted the horrific material that children were able to easily access online and that she would like to appeal for them to accept that there are problems and to commit to tackling them, or at least admit publicly that they are unable to. This is an interesting talking point as with all the problems happening in the world right now, we would like to think that the people governing social media sites should be able to control what actually gets put out. If this control is lost to even some extent, 
the online world will have a lot more problems than what it does now. In George Orwell's novel 1984, written way back in 1949, there are some scary similarities that we see in our world today. In this novel, individualism and independent thoughts are persecuted as thought crimes by the thought police. The general public are controlled by the powerful, privileged inner party whose leader is known as Big Brother. The government even has its own invented language called Newspeak. With the relation to Brexit and other events in the news today, there are many conspiracies within the government and fake news. Are we too quick to judge and believe what we are told, or have we evolved so much to the point that we are unable to voice our own views if they are too far apart from the majority? With the rise of new smart technology like Alexa and Google Home, are we self-consciously throwing away our only privacy we think we still have? Receiving. Is this Over. an example of history repeating itself, or is this simply a new revolution of technology designed with us in mind purposely for the benefit of making our lives more easy? I mean, has it really made life easier that much? I mean, it's not really much effort for me just to go and walk over to that switch, is it? Like, all I have to do is get up. I don't really need to go and just say it to a machine. I don't personally use those things, so there's not much I can really say about them, apart from what I've seen, but they've made life easier, yes, but in a positive way, that's debatable. Maybe in some ways easier, because it's nice to look up a map and think, oh yes, I need to go, I need to turn left down the end of this road. Things like that might be easier, and things like that are good. But with some of the things that you're getting on social media, almost to a point of brainwashing, it's, it's not good. There is a lot of things that have been made easier by new technology, but there also is a lot of pressure for people to constantly check social media and people spend way too much time on their phones. When talking about today's society in the context of fear and hope, Brexit plays a key role. This is something that has definitely caused a lot of conflict between many people and parties. I think Brexit, personally, is a good thing. I think the EU, which used to be the European um, economy, the EEC, I think it was known about, was a good thing because it enabled free trade and things like that. But since it's become so big, it's almost trying to make Europe into a super state. And this leads to problems. To try and run the whole of Europe as if it was one country is not really feasible. For example, you've got the geographical position of countries. You take Spain and Greece, they're more likely to be tourism-based countries. Therefore, their economies are going to be so different to an industrialised nation like Germany or even France. And to try and have the same interest rates and, and things like that um, governing all these countries is not always possible. And in the um, EU at the moment, you will see problems in Spain, problems in Italy, problems in Portugal um, and in France, you know, where you see the um, gilets jaunes every weekend marching across Paris and that. Because there is an awful lot of unhappiness in these countries and I think if they had their own government which was capable of making their own rules and yes, being integrative within, as we all should be, for the whole world, not just for Europe, and I think life would be much easier. 
if Britain could make its own rules, but again, you're going to need to have a government with people who know what they're talking about, and at the moment that doesn't seem feasible. They don't seem to be able to make a decision on anything. And maybe that's why some people in government don't want us to be independent. Maybe they feel they couldn't run the country for the benefit of the people, and maybe they're happy for Brussels to make those decisions for them. But that's not really the point. I think Britain, if they were independent, could be part of Europe, but not part of the EU. Um, and they could then trade freely around the world. We used to have terrific trade before we joined the EU or the EEC um, with the Commonwealth countries, Australia, New Zealand, lamb from Australia and New Zealand and things like that. And generally speaking, we could go back to dealing a lot more with our Commonwealth countries. And in many ways, I think we could improve things like fishing and farming, which have always been a bit of a concern because of tariffs put on by the EU, um, which has been detrimental to some of our um, fishermen. We've seen fishing fleets you know, depleted over the years. And there are lots of things which I think Britain could do better, but not ignoring Europe, still being um, very closely tied to them, but not actually being governed by them. I believe that everyone, whether you admit it or not, enjoys listening to some kind of genre of music. Music has the power to stimulate strong emotions within us to the extent that it is probably rare not to be somehow emotionally affected by this. From looking at the Sync Project, which is a global experiment which uses music designed to improve relaxation before sleep, there have been neuroimaging studies that have shown that music can activate the music areas typically associated within emotions. With this being said, I can come to the conclusion that what you choose to expose yourself to can in fact influence your thoughts and actions. Different genres and styles will connotate different meanings and with a lot of today's music, particularly chart music, are certain parts of these songs generating negative responses. If you choose to listen to or watch something of perhaps nostalgic value, this could connotate a more feel-good vibe, but will this make you happy? Or are people purposely choosing to expose themselves to what's most popular just for the purpose of wanting to fit in? Whereas, like, a few years ago, my opinions on this would be different, but as I've gotten older now, I have a little sister and all that stuff, all the, the, the overuse of... <laughs> and nothing here, nothing left back and forth. I'm not into that stuff as much as I used to be, but um, that's in the music way, not, like, in general, but... <laughs> Uh, like, yeah, I'm not really into that stuff, <laughs> that stuff in music, but, yeah, um, I think that's worse than, say, the st I think that has more effect on people than actually the gun. I think the sexualization of music has a bigger impact than actually the, the violent sides of music, is kind of what I'm saying. This podcast is now sadly coming to an end, and I would like to thank everyone who participated and to everyone that's listened. I hope you've enjoyed listening. <laughs>